Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. Um, here we are yet again with Living Chassidus. This is technically Monday night, so we have our life skill series. And tonight's life skills is something that I think is going to pay off, pun slightly intended, for the rest of your life. Um, knowing about Stucca and, and really appreciating the beauty of Stucca is something that will give you blessings for the rest of your life. So I want to start tonight's event by saying that tonight's event is for Rafua Shlema, for um, a young baby, Capital Bays. Her name is Chava Guta Bas Chasia, and she is the daughter of a friend and um, fellow mikvah.org um, partner. And she should have a miraculous Rafua Shlema. We should um, hear only revealed good and good news. I also want to... Um, honor tonight's event in honor of um, everyone who is struggling with the situation that's currently happening between Russia and Ukraine. And we want to daven that Mashiach should come right now and we shouldn't have any more war or any more pain. And anyone who's in hiding should come out safely and we should have only revealed good and actually does affect closely some of our Linux members. So Hashem should bench us all that we should have only good news to share. Now, uh, a small introduction about Living Chassidus, who we are and what we do. Living Chassidus is an organization based in Crown Heights, and we care for the young, single slash newly married um, ladies of, that come to Crown Heights, the single ones come for Shadochim, and we are the kind of like the Chabad house for them. We provide them with classes, we provide them with a community, we provide them with support, friendship. Um, and through our organization, we've helped many over the last nine years. We're going into our 10th year, Baruch Hashem. And it is really such a pleasure to be here and serve the community in the way that we do. Now, next week, Mit Hashem, this coming Sunday and Monday, we will be doing our fundraising campaign. So be on the lookout for that. This fundraiser is what fuels all of our work for the entire year. So it is really such a schluss to be able to be a part of it. And it should give everybody brachis um, through joining Living Chassidus and partnering with us in all the good um, work that gets done over here. So I was asking around with many other group leaders, who would be an incredible speaker who would inspire and teach us so much about Stucca? And literally everywhere I turned, I kept hearing one name over and over and over again. And that name is tonight's speaker. His name is Mr. Beryl Solomon. For anyone who, I'm sure everyone knows because we all shared it and we all, I hope everybody's watched it, but we definitely all shared it around the most amazing documentary that he was the star of um, is called Orthodox. And it was actually, I have to put this on recording. It actually put my father-in-law to tears. Um, it, it, is, it is incredible. So it is such, such, such an amazing skill to be able to have him join us tonight. And for anyone um, 
it, he isn't just in the documentary, he's actually the chief executive officer at Wealthy Executive Coaching Firm. He is the president of Wealthy Video Commercials. He's a real estate investor. And as we already said, he is the star of Orthodox Documentary. And my claim to fame is that I was, I was friends with his wife way back when we were in high school. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are so lucky to have you. Thank you. What an introduction. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to hire you from now. This is great. By the way, I, there was somebody that was smiling so nicely the whole time when during my whole uh, introduction and I was all, I was, I felt so nice and I just realized it's just a picture. Uh, it's, not a, it's, it's not a real, it's not a live zoom, but um, I want to ask if everybody doesn't mind, because if I don't have people's pictures, I'm just talking to um, a camera. So if you guys could, um, if everyone could just like put on your camera, that would be great because the client, the, the, the client interaction, you guys aren't clients yet. Um, but the, the interaction just like makes it so much richer, I find. So if you don't like your background, you could put a virtual one, but it just makes it so much more fun. And I'll remind everyone that if you're shy, you won't show up on the recording. It's yes, just, it, it's only, I'm a little shy. So, um, please make sure that I show up in the recording. Thank you for turning it on, Chaya. Thank you, Esther, for turning it on. Esther, I see you guys. Hi, RC, Yosefa, how are you? Could you guys turn it on, please? Hello, Esther, how are you? Uh, hi, Nama, how are you? Did I get that right, Nama? Nama, yeah? Amazing, who else is here? Guys, don't be shy. Hello, Bracha, how are you? Thank you for joining. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Guys, I need three more people to sign in before we start. I'll just wait. Hello, Rina. How are you? Thank you for joining. What's up? Don't be shy. Okay, let's get the party started. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you guys today and tonight. And uh, I happen to remember when I was dating and I was going to Crown Heights, it was uh, a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say painful experience. Painful wasn't the word. It was cold. It was a cold experience. And thank God that I had my own nut shul to go to. So it was like a little home away from home, but it is extremely important to have a place where you could go to and call your own and people caring for you because Crown Heights can be a very intimidating place if you don't have uh, people around you to support you. Hi, Hindi. Thank you so much for joining. Okay, tonight we're going to go on an adventure. We're going to go on a ride. Um, Usually I give this class to men, but I'm going to give it to women tonight, which is fun, which is how to become rich and uh, specifically through giving money to tzedakah. So I'm just going to jump right into it. And I want everybody to know here that specifically the brachas from for Parnassa come through the woman. I don't need to tell, you know, everybody in here, everybody probably already knows that it's a famous saying, but it, it really is true. And my wife, Eliana, has been so instrumental uh, and supportive in our, in our charitable endeavors. And if you don't have the blessing of your wife involved, um, it almost doesn't happen. So, and, and I actually have friends who have to hide how, you know, the stucca that they give from their wife because they don't know how their wife is going to react. So hopefully um, we'll, we'll take care of some of those, you know, limiting beliefs here on this call tonight. So I guess my, journey with Sadaka started when I when I was 
first working uh, at my dad's company probably like 12 years ago, no, maybe a little bit less, like let's say 11 years ago. And I had a friend um, and he was going to a yeshiva called Mayanot in Jerusalem. And I really wanted to go uh, to yeshiva, but I just didn't have the guts. And I know, I knew that my friend, let's call him David. I knew that my friend David was struggling financially at the time. His father was very, very sick and he didn't have any money to even get a falafel or to do his laundry or whatever it was. He was there with, with the shirt on his shirt on his back. And I remember that I wanted a piece of his, uh, his schus, of his merit for going to yeshiva. So what I did was I called up the yeshiva and I gave a pledge of, of $500. I gave my credit card. It wasn't a pledge. It was a, it was a donation. And I gave my credit card and I said, this, I ple- please let this go to David. I would like it to you know, go to him so that he, he could have some money in his pocket. The next day, I come to my to my desk and my office. And I see that there's a check on my desk from the company for $700. And I, I went downstairs and I asked the controller of the company, the financial controller, you know, what, what is this all about? And he says, oh yeah, we miscalculated on one of your commissions and we actually owe you $700. I said, wow, that was cool. A little fluky, a little weird, but that was cool. I end up, hi Sylvia, thank you for joining. Um, <laughs> I end up joining. I wish everybody else would put their video on. It just makes it so much more interactive. Please, guys, please. Um, so I went to, I didn't think much about it. I ended up getting the courage and the, and the merit. Thank you, Malka, for joining. Appreciate it. Um, I ended up having the opportunity to go to this yeshiva myself. I'm convinced till this day, the only reason why God blessed me that I should be able to go to this yeshiva was because of the sadaka that I gave to my friend that was there. So when I was in yeshiva, my rabbi at the time, um, his name was Rabbi Talger. He's from an organization called Sichas in English, run out of uh, New York. And he told me that they're building a new website. And uh, he was telling me that he needs, he needs $5,000 to build the website. He wasn't asking me for it. It was like in passing, oh, we're building a website. You know, we're trying to raise $5,000. He wasn't asking for it. But I had received so much from his, um, I had received so much from his organization that I decided that I wanted to be the one to sponsor the five thousand dollars. At that time, I had twenty thousand dollars in my bank account. I had saved up for almost a year, a year and a half, to go to Mayanut, and I decided. I said to the rabbi, "Look, I don't need this money right now. I'm in yeshiva." Um, I believe in your cause and I would like to donate to you the $5,000. So that was the second big donation that I ever gave. I gave 25% of my wealth um, to Sadaka. The next morning, I get a phone call from my office, from my father's office. I was still like kind of handling some accounts. I had passed most of my accounts off because I was gone for a year. Uh, turned out that the salesman that I handed my accounts to, he made one of the biggest deals in the company's history and my commission check that was going to be wired to me the next day was for $25,000. And so I didn't, I didn't feel the, not only did I not feel the $5,000 pinch, but Hashem paid me back um, times five. So again, I didn't think too much about all this. I thought it was cool. I thought like Hashem was just like, you know, charming 
and I'm going to get into the, it's not, it's not that he was charming. This is like, it's, it's science. Um, it's spooky, but I'm going to, I'm going to explain and really break it down for everybody that's watching it right now. So fast forward, I get married and one day I'm walking with my wife in Sfas and some, somebody told us that they were going through a hard time. Unfortunately, uh, he had cancer and uh, this rabbi needed uh, money to keep his organization going. So I pledged to, I, I, I gave him my credit card and my, my wife said to me, is that my sir? And I said, no, no, no. I, I, I gave my sir a long time ago. She says, so why are you giving to him? I said, because this is, I'm giving him from my future, my sir. And she said, okay, she was happy. She was happy. She didn't argue with it. She comes from a charitable family. She understood it. She didn't argue. She was happy with it. So I, I come back home after I get married and I'm working, I'm still working in my, in my father's company at this time. And the rabbi comes and he asked me if I could pledge a thousand dollars a month for the, for, for the, for the year. So it'd be a total of $12,000. I was earning a decent salary. Um, $12,000 was probably, was probably at the time, let's say my sir, maybe a little bit, a drop more, but I decided, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the 12,000. The next year he came back and he asked for 18,000 bucks. It was a lot of money. Um, you know, my dad thought that I was crazy, but, uh, I did it. I said, okay, no problem. I'll do 18, $18,000 is $1,500 a month. And it's been okay for me until now. And I am so grateful to Hashem for everything. So I'm going to give it that year. I stopped working for my father's business. And I go to open up my new company, which is called the Wealthy Commercials. And every Rosh Hashanah, the rabbi and his son, the Raskins, Rabbi Levi Raskin and Rabbi Raskin, they would come to my house. They would come to my office right before Rosh Hashanah. And they would ask me to make a pledge for the upcoming year. And every year, they would, you know, meet, it was like a, it was an important uh, event. You know, they came with a nice bottle of out, a nice bottle of, uh, of mashka, a, a bottle of whiskey, and they would come to my father's office. I'd be sitting in a big fancy office, a big fancy desk. I was the president of the company. I was a, was a macher, as they say. Um, and this year, when they came to meet me in my new office, in my new company, I was sitting in a crummy old office that I had gotten for free. It smelled, um, and there was no mahogany desk. It was a one of those white folding desks, you know, tables that every good religious Jewish family has in their house. Um, and uh, instead of a fancy, you know, black uh, leather chair, I was sitting on a fold, a ten dollar folding chair from. Walmart, and I was using my wife's borrowed laptop. That's all that was in the office that year. And I figured that this year, that the rabbi and his son were going to go easy on me, you know, have a little sympathy, a little rachmanis, because they know how difficult it is to start a new business. For, for everybody that joined, by the way, just now I see there's new people that joined. We're talking about the power of tzedakah how to become rich through giving charity. So I'm just resetting the room for, I see there's a lot of people that joined in the past little bit. So that's where we are. So the rabbi is sitting in, and by the way, please, 
if you can, please open up your video camera so that I could see people's reactions. It makes it so much more fun. Otherwise, I'm just talking into a camera. So yes, thank you so much, Ortel. I appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome. Um, so I figured this year they were going to go easy on me. They know how difficult it is. They know how hard it is. Thank you, Rena, for joining. They know how difficult it is. They know how hard it is. And this year, ah, they're going to go easy on me. So the rabbi comes in. He sets the chayim on the table. And I figured that this year, I'm finally going to get a break from these mashuganas. And he says to me, Beryl, this year we would like to pledge you. And don't worry, we're not going to ask you for $18,000. We know you just started your business. This year, we're going to ask you, if you know Rabbi Raskin, this is how he talks, for $36,000. He pledged me for $36,000. I was so angry. I was so angry. I, what a chutz, only a chutzpah a Chabad rabbi could have. And I was, I was, I was furious. And I said to, I, I, I don't know if you guys ever, you know, saw this moment in a play or whatever it is where the character, like the people in front of him freeze, right? And then it's just like the character like moving and like talking to himself and with like a spotlight on him. So that's what happened. The rabbis in front of me froze. And I went into a moment with myself and I was thinking to myself, like I went, I went, I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe that they're just how I'm, I was struggling. They, sh they had shut off my electricity a few days before that. I literally had no, I had, I had no way of paying my electricity bill. That's how, that's, how got, that's how hard it got. I went from a six-figure salary to zero overnight. And after I started getting over myself, I said, you know what? I've given Stucca this whole time. It never hurt me. And I also said to myself, if they're asking me for it, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a simple guy. I'm like, I'm a Balchuva. I'm not so fancy. These are the rabbis. If he's asking me for it, He's, he doesn't want to hurt me. He's not trying to hurt me from the whole deal. So I came out of my trance. I see the rabbi sitting there in front of me with his son. And one tear came down my cheek. And I said one word. Okay. The rabbi said, L'chaim, yashar koach. You're going to see bracha. You know, the same thing that all the rabbis tell you after you give tzedakah, you know, the same, the same spiel. And um, I said, okay. I said, guys, I just want to let you know that this is not my problem. I just want to let you know that this is Hashem's problem. I'm going to do my best. But at the end of the day, you got to talk to your boy because this is not on me. I said, but I'm going to do it. That year, with Hashem's help, I ended up fulfilling the entire pledge of $36,000. The next year, <laughs> thank you. The, ne <laughs> the next year, they came into my office. Not that, the, not that there was anything left over by the end of the year, but I made a living. I did okay. And I, and I did okay. The next year, they came into my office and the same deal. They said, we would like you to give $54,000. You know, Chabad never goes down. We only go up. I said, wow, this, this is really convenient. Um, <laughs> what a convenient saying. I said, fine. Look, it worked for me last year. I'm in. And then the year after that, they, I, I fulfilled it. The year after that, they asked for 72. And then finally last year, finally last year, they had the guts to ask for 
what was it in the end? A hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand bucks. And I said, like, I want to be responsible. And I feel that it's irresponsible to pledge that amount of money. And by the way, let me just explain what pledge means first before, while we're all on the same, so we're all on the same page. A pledge does not mean that you pay it all in one shot. You know, you, you have the money in your bank and then you play and then you pay it. A pledge means that you promise a certain amount of money over the course of a certain amount of time, usually over the course of 12 months. It could be longer, could be shorter, but generally that's, what a, that's how a pledge works. So it's not like at, when, I'm, when I'm saying yes to all these people, it's not like I have money to do it. I'm pledging. I'm pledging future Tzedakah, future Meiser, or future Chaimish, in order to be able to fulfill these, um, these pledges. Now, I wanted to be responsible when they, when, you know, when they came and asked for 100. And it wasn't just the Raskins, by the way. The 100 was comprised of a few other, a few other organizations. I wanted to be responsible. I didn't want to be irresponsible. So, you know, I started looking into this. You know, I had seen letters. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters from the Rebbe. Talks about if a person's going through a difficult financial situation, the Rebbe suggested them to give staka. But, you know, I had never seen pledge, pledging before. Like, I really wanted to, I really wanted to see what he was talking about. And I started to do, I started to do research so that I could understand what I was doing and if it was okay. Maybe it's not okay, according to Torah. Maybe that there's a problem with giving that much charity. And in a certain sense, there is, because you're not really supposed to give more than 10, more than 20% of, of Meister. So here am I, how am I, how am I doing 20% of something that doesn't even exist yet? So I started to do research. As a matter of fact, if you, if, um, if you could give me the ability to be the host here, I could actually share one of the videos that I saw from the Rebbe talking about this. Anyways, let me just give you a spoiler alert before I give the, um, no, I'm not going to give a spoiler. I'm going to keep you guys in suspense because I'm bored and I want some friends to hang out with tonight. Okay. Are you making me um, the host? The hostess with the mostest? You should be. You should be co-host now. Yeah, let me see over here. Let me see if I could uh, if I could find the video. It's worth showing. Hang on one second. So I started to do all this research, and you cannot imagine how much material there is, how much the Rebbe talks about pledging to Staka. It's like one of those, it's one of those topics that once you start digging, you realize that it was always there in the past, but we never really took the time, at least I never really took the time to really fully understand it and really start to, uh, really start to explore and take it seriously for that matter. You know, the Rebbe talks about a lot of things. You know, he says we should do a lot of things. And, but this one in particular, I'm just signing into my WhatsApp. Sorry, guys. Let's go, let's go. Oh, I can't do it while I'm on the phone. Okay, I'll send you. I'll send you. The, I'll send you the guys the video later. It's not important for 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 the purpose of of this talk. I'll send it to you guys later. Anyways, trust my word on this. The Rebbe speaks about it tremendously. So I saw this video, this incredible video, about the Rebbe talking about the science of what goes on. The Rebbe says that you could test Hashem 
people misread the Pasuk. They think it says that you can test, you can test Hashem with staka. Meaning, if you really have to test Hashem, if you really want to test Him, you may as well test Him with charity. The Rebbe turns it on its head. He says, not only does it not say that, but what it's trying to say is, test Hashem with staka. Meaning, it's a mitzvah. Just like, put on tefillin, test Hashem. It's the same type of mitzvah. that you, ha- that you That's something that you should do. So the Rebbe gives a suggestion. The Rebbe gives a suggestion. Here's a spoiler alert, by the way. That year that I pledged $100,000, which was more than I had in my account at the time, not only did I f- end up with God's help fulfilling the entire $100,000 donation, but that year I had more money left over than I ever had in my life in my bank account. Explain how that is humanly possible. I gave more than I ever gave, and yet I had more left over than I had ever had. And it was during the COVID-19 pandemic where my business was like shut for a whole bunch of time. <laughs> so it didn't even make sense. It didn't even make sense. So I started to learn so many, there's so many sources in the Torah that speak about this. Asher tis Asher. Hashem says in the, in, in the Chumash, in, 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 um, in Tanakh, that when you tithe, you become rich. Tithe in order to become wealthy. There's a superpower that happens when somebody gives staka. There is a, there's an energy. There's a power. There's a bracha. I have to tell you, I feel like I've been cheating. I feel like I've been cheating in business for the past five or six years because I've been giving staka. It's like not even fair. I literally sit at my office. I don't do anything. And Baruch Hashem, money just comes in. It's an amazing thing. Hashem has to. Hashem doesn't like to break his... Hashem doesn't, Hashem doesn't like to break his, his own halacha. So halachically, you're not allowed to give more than 20% to staka. In other words, if you give, if you pledge, let's just say $2,000, that means that Hashem has to give you $10,000. Hashem doesn't like to break his own halacha. So if you give 4000 or sorry, if you give 5000 Hashem has to give you 25000 and so on and so forth. So I'm the guy that raises money in my shul every year for Rosh Hashanah. I'm the guy that sells the aliyahs, believe it or not. I know, how could it seem like that? But yes, I am the guy. And there's one guy in particular that every year he buys $9,000 worth of aliyahs, which is a lot of money. 9,000 bucks is a lot of money. I don't care who you are, nine Gs is a lot, okay? And I asked him if he could stand up in front of the community and if he could and if he could share his story of how he sees the bracha from his tzedakah. And you know, he's a he's a he's a guy, he's a man that has four kids, you know, he has a wife, and he has a lot of expenses, and he said and he works for somebody else. And he says to me, Beryl, I would love to, but I really don't see the bracha from the tzedakah that I give. And this, like, it cut me because I make everybody nuts about giving tzedakah. I drive everybody crazy. I made guys pledge close to $100,000 before. And I was like, I said, oh my gosh, I better figure this out. Otherwise, I'm going to end up with a whole bunch of people that are upset at me and lose all my friends. So I went to the drawing board and I tried to figure out why he doesn't see the bracha from his tzedakah. 
and it became clear, I saw Sikha from the Rebbe, that Hashem only has to give you five times what you give. So that means that if he's giving $9,000, Hashem is only has to give him $45,000, which means the reason why he doesn't see the bracha is because he doesn't give enough. So if he had given $20,000, Hashem would have given him $100,000. And if he gave 40,000, Hashem would have given him 200,000. Hashem has to give you according to what it is. Hashem says, test me. And when I heard this, this test me with this, Hashem says, I said to myself, I may as well do it. Because if it's true, then wow, I have a secret for the rest of my life. I have the secret to wealth for the rest of my life. So I may as well test him. And if it's not true, well, then all of Judaism is not true. And then we could go party and go have fun. Either it has to all be true or none of it is true. It's not, it, there can't be anything that certain parts of Torah can't, are, it cannot be true and then others can be true. It doesn't work like that. It's either all or nothing. So I decided to this year, <laughs> you're going to think I'm crazy, but I decided, hey, it's been working for five, six years already. Why do I have to constantly like go up only a little bit? I want to play big. So this year, right before Rosh Hashanah, with Hashem's help, I pledged a quarter of a million dollars. And I have to tell you, Kanai Nahara, it's working. The checks, the checks are, the, thank you. The checks are going through. The checks are going through. And it's a secret that I have to bring to the world. I'm actually, you guys are the first to know about this. I'll tell you about it. I'm making a movie, another movie, my second movie called The Jewish Secret to Wealth. And I've been secretly undercover, covertly been collecting these people who have tested Hashem before and have seen the bracha from it. And you cannot imagine how many people are out there that have done this. So what does that mean, practically speaking, for all the wonderful people that are watching this? For Hannah, for Levi, for Chaya, for Hindi, for Ortel, for Esther, for Rina, for Chava. What does this mean for all of us right now? What does this mean for me on a, what is it tonight? Monday night or whatever night you're going to watch this on in the future. What does that mean for me? And the answer is like this. You guys ready? Are you guys ready? Here we go. It means this. Here's the practical way that Hashem says that you, not Hashem, that the Rebbe says that you should do this. Okay, there's a method, right? It's like, you know, putting on tefillin has a very specific thing to it. Giving, um, you know, lighting Shabbos candles, you have a specific time. Everything in Judaism is specific. I once had a, a, a rabbi, he, told, he once told me that if you put Google.com, it doesn't work. If you're missing the point, Google.com, it won't work. So here's how practically to do it. And I want to give a disclaimer that the Rebbe says that you, should, you shouldn't be um, reckless. In other words, if a person is currently earning $40,000 a year, you should not pledge $50,000 a year. Okay. And speak to your local Orthodox rabbi or Rebbitin and what they suggest that you should start with. But here's how it goes. So the Rebbe says, first of all, you should not be reckless. Okay. Reckless is up for interpretation, right? Again, so if you're, if you're earning whatever it is, you know, $100,000 a year, I don't suggest going to go pledge $2 million a year, but it should be something that pinches 
the person. It should, it should, it should pinch the person. Meaning it should be something you're supposed to be testing Hashem. It's not supposed to be, you know, nobody, nobody sweats if you give a hundred bucks. By the way, you see the bracha if you give a hundred dollars. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if I should say this, but um, whatever. No, I'm not. Yes. Okay, fine. I'll say it. I have a friend. <laughs> um, I have a friend who I got them to pledge $750. And his wife was taking a bath with their baby in in the bath upstairs and the baby was wearing one of those floaties around its neck which is like very popular today you know that kids like swim and with like this floaty around their neck and 10 minutes after he gave the stucca he called me in a panic he says i have to tell you something which has happened he says my wife looked at her phone for a second and the baby went into the water without and and she caught him she looked at, she found him and she saw him right away. She doesn't even know why she looked in that direction, but she saw him and the baby's, thank God, is okay today and safe. Nothing happened at all. But it said that tzedakah saves a person from death. It's a real thing. These are not just words. Guys, if the Torah is not true, then it's all not true. Let's go party, okay? If it's all not true, let's go have a good time. But it is true. It has to all be true. So, so here's practically how to do it is you make a pledge, which is, again, it's a certain amount of money that you want to do. It should, it should um, pinch. It should, it should pinch a person. And you have to make a document with whoever it is that you're pledging it to. So you should pledge a certain amount of money. Let's say you call up your rabbi, whoever it is, your rabbi, in your local, your local organization, your shul, whatever it is. And you decide you want to pledge whatever it is, $5,000, okay? Or $6,000. Um, Malka, the mother, you said the mother should not have looked at her phone. Look, um, I don't know. That's pretty judgmental. I mean, I, I, I don't, in general, I don't, I don't like judgment. Um, nobody tries to actively do bad things, but that's okay. Um, so let's go. So a person, especially mothers, like mothers take care of their kids to the nth degree. Um, let's go. So it should be a, there should be a star. There should be a star that a star is a document that you make a, so you make your pledge, let's say it's $6,000. So you make a document that says with whoever it is that you're giving it to that you want to give, let's say $500 a month for the next 12 months. You sign the document, by the way, it could be on a WhatsApp. A lot of the way that I do it is I have a WhatsApp and I say this illegal binding message to whoever it is that I'm doing it to. This is all the Rebbe is suggesting, right? And then you should write monthly checks to that organization. So a lot of people, they don't see the bracha from charity because they'll make the pledge, but they never end up fulfilling it. So the whole concept is, so again, it should be within your means. The pledge has to be done, something that pinches you. It should hurt a little bit while being still within this world. And then it also should be done monthly. If, it's, if you have all the money at once, go for it. But monthly is, is also 100% acceptable. So while a person is doing this, while a person is doing this, a person should, should not be scared if you have a bad month. So I've done this before and I've had bad months. And the worst thing that I've done that you could do is you could put a stop on the checks. 
So a person thinks, oh, if I'm doing good, I'm going to give tzedakah. If I'm doing bad, I'm not, I'm not going to give tzedakah. So it's actually the opposite. The re- How many letters do we see from the Rebbe that says, when a person is not doing good financially, tell him to give more tzedakah. And the reason is, is because that elicits, the charity elicits, Hashem's, uh, uh, the Rebbe says, new tzinoros, new channels for being able to make a living. So you might say to yourself, how can I make a pledge for whatever it is, 5000 2000 $1,000, whatever it is, how can I make a pledge when I work for somebody else or when my business is not doing great as it is or, you know, fill in the blank? And here comes the Rebbe and says that when you do this, it opens up new tsinoras, new channels for being able to make a livelihood. And it's a real thing. I've seen it. I actually have that video, by the way, guys, ready. Um, I actually just found it. I've been doing it while I'm speaking to you. So let me see if I could share my screen. Can I share my screen over here? Wait to see this. You want to be blown away, guys? Don't even take my word for it. If I was you, I would not believe me. I believe the Lubavitcher Rebbe, not Beryl Solomon. So listen, let's see what the Lubavitcher Rebbe has to say. Share screen. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Let's see. Let's make sure you could hear me. Uh, enable share sound. Okay, guys, ready? Let's rock and roll. Can you guys hear? זוכר שקונים את המפטיר ואת היין ואת הלחם להתוודויות של הרבה. אני בן אדם שלא היו לי משפיעים ולא למדתי בלובביץ'. אז עמדתי כמו חמור שם, ושמעתי שנותנים כסף, אז אמרתי גם כן, אני רוצה לתת אלף דולר בנוכחות כולם. ולא אמרתי מדמה, לא ידעתי. והרב התחיל לצחוק, פנה אליי עם הפנים הקדושות שלו ואמר פנאר ולכנשת, פנאר ולכנפטויזם. ואני אמרתי ישר לרב, אני נותן את זה. אז הרב פנה אליי בנוכחות כולם ואמר לי, יגיטס בשמחו רבו וטוב לבו. אז אמרתי שאני נותן את זה בשמחה רבה וטוב לבב. והרבי אמר, אוי בזוי, די בכך אבטוח וגמורי, אז בריורם דרך צייט, ונתקן גם כיפו כפליים. אז ליוויתי ישר בבנק, חמשת אלפים דולר שלחתי. ומדרי בדרנוסיות גזוק ושעשה יידי מחליט גבם אבצדוק על סכום, ועושים גשמי סניתו באיס מייסי קין פסח מאיפון. אז הוא קונן גם דם סכום, גפנתם דרייבש טירוף עצינר חודש. אז הוא קונן מקיים זן החלטו סעתיו במילואו, ונטונדוס מתך שמחו וטוב ליבו, ודפוני פשטנדיקה מגיתם כמה פעמים כוחו, כדי אז הוא קונן עבד גם דם סכום, בשמחו וטוב ליבו. Guys, was that cool? Was that cool or what? Cool, no? It's the real deal. 
the real deal. Don't take my word for it, please. Do not trust me. Trust the Rebbe. Okay, I have some really good questions over here, and you guys could put your questions. I'm going to read some of them. Some of them are difficult. Some of them are tough. But in general, I don't mind getting tough questions. Okay, let's roll. So we have here, somebody asks, what about when your husband gives huge amounts of tzedakah and your house is falling apart? So I want to I wanna first mention that um, and this is just a general, in general, your relationship with Hashem is your personal relationship with him. So I remember I had a friend, the guy is literally a tzaddik. He gives his whole life to the Jewish community, is such a sweet person. And yet he goes through so much turbulence in his life. And I remember it was messing with my trust in Hashem. And I asked my rabbi about it, like, how come this guy, such a great guy, and it's messing with my bitochen. How could I have trust in Hashem when I see this is happening? And he gave me a great answer. He says, your bitochen, your amuna has to be based on your own personal relationship with Hashem. You have no idea how strong that man's bitochen and amuna is. Okay, so don't base your, don't base your, um, your experiences, don't base your relationship with charity on other people's relationship with charity. Okay, and if a person sees that their own house is falling apart, even though they're giving charity, tzedakah is not a magic elixir that will solve all your problems. It happens to be it's particularly good when it comes to saving a person's life, saving a person from death, and giving and making a person rich. Uh, um, so those are the things, which is really what else matters in this world besides those two things, and being healthy, of course, and having healthy children. <laughs> but um, it's not a it's it, it's. I would speak to your local Orthodox rabbi and ask. I, my personal situation is I speak to people all day because I pledge people all day and I've yet to see a person that told me that he ever lost money from giving charity. Even the Rambam says nobody ever became poor from giving tzedakah. Next. Um, next, let's keep on going. Guys, write your questions and I'll get to them. Okay, uh, what's the pledge percentage based on and what you currently have? Look, usually when I pledge, at least for sure in the beginning, I was pledging more money than I had in the bank. I mean, I had expected, I had a Kaylee that was at least able to come close to that. But when you give tzedakah, you're guaranteeing, you're guaranteeing the, again, this is Hashem that says this. You're not doing this because Beryl Solomon told you to. You're doing this because Hashem says, test me with tzedakah. Okay, so... It should pinch. I don't know percentages, this, that. Speak to your rabbi about it. But whatever you're giving should pinch. Okay, how much effort? Next question. How much effort do you put in your kli? Um, so in other words, how much effort do I put in my business, on my work? I put in effort. You still have to do ishtadlus. You still have to do work. But it's the difference between driving a car with regular fuel and driving a car with rocket fuel. That's it. You still got to drive. But if I'm going to be driving, I want to be driving with rocket fuel. Next. Um, please don't read my name out loud. Okay, I won't. Um, I have a question. What if I've tried this, pledged more than I had, and haven't seen the profit? I know of this concept, but haven't seen it work for me. And then I wonder if my unconscious beliefs are stopping it. Okay, so this is a very important point. It's not just about making the pledge. You actually have to fulfill it. So I remember one year, I think it was that year that I, that I pledged the 72,000. It was right before Rosh Hashanah. And what I had to, 
fulfill it. It was like two months before Shoshana. And I said to my rabbi, you know, who I didn't owe the money to, by the way. So I have two different rabbis. I have, the, I have a rabbi in Israel and the rabbi that I pledged to. So he said to me that, I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to fulfill this pledge. I think I had only given 20 or $30,000 at that point, And I only had two months left. And he told me, Beryl, even if you have to borrow the money, you have to borrow the money in order to be able to fulfill that pledge. Once I had that commitment, then everything opened up from there. So it's not about just giving the pledge. You actively have to give as well. Hashem has to see because Hashem has to trust you, right? You might make a pledge for $10,000 and Hashem gives you $50,000 and you end up blowing the 50,000 bucks. And you, Hashem gave you the 50,000 and then, and then you didn't even give the 10. So it's a relationship, right? It's like a bank almost in a certain sense. A bank on your first loan is not going to give you the $10 million. The bank is going to start with 100,000. Once you repay it, you build your credit and it's going to, then you could go to a quarter million and then a million and, and then so on and so forth. I hope that answers your question. Um, let's keep on going. Um, okay. Another thing is, is, okay, another question. I pledge more, it's from the same person actually. I pledge more than I had before Rosh Hashanah and currently I'm more in debt than I've ever been. I'm sorry to hear that. Wondering how I could get this right. First of all, Kolakavod for um, Kolakavod to the people that are everybody here that's watching this. So Levi, Sarah, Rachel, Nama, Rina, Esther. You know, you guys are awesome. RL, I don't know who that is. Shira, you know, you guys have been in an hour long class, almost an hour long, how to give charity. So I commend you guys for that. So Again, if a person is, if a person pledged and they don't see the bracha, you have to actively look for the blessing. You have to understand that Hashem is, Hashem is sneeze. Hashem is modest. Hashem is humble. And if it was so obvious, then everybody would do it. Let me give you a small example. I have a friend in my synagogue that he's a relatively wealthy guy. And I asked him to pledge 35 or 3,600 bucks. He ended up only pledging a thousand, which is still a lot of money. I'm very appreciative for it. And I said to him, and this was the most amount that he ever pledged to our shul. And I said to him, you're going to see the blessing from this within the next 24 hours. Mark my words, because again, Hashem has to prove it to you. If you give a thousand dollars today or $10,000 today, and you only get proven on the 330th day, you're going to forget right? Hashem has to make it so that you're testing him so that he could show you the results so that you know that it worked. So the next day I saw him, it was Shabbos. And I said, so no, did you see the, did you see the bracha yet? And he said, ah, it's maybe somewhere in Shemayim, it is somewhere in heaven. It's Nister, it's hidden. I said, no, no, no. Think, think about your day yesterday. Did you see a bracha? He says, as a matter of fact, we were in a dispute for a piece of, a piece of property in the court system forever. The judge that was ruling on my case, I know hates us. He never gives us a favor favorable judgment. And you know what? Yesterday, I won the court case. Thank you. And he recognized it. In other words, you have to have your eyes open. You have to have your eyes. You have to look for it. Again, Hashem is, you're, you're never going to see, you know, he's not like us. You know, when we don't donate a million dollars to our shul, we want our name on the building. Um, Hashem built every building and you'll never see his name on the building. Okay. So you have to have your eyes open for it. Um, Ortel says, let's pledge. Absolutely. 
really or tell if, if I can make a humble suggestion is, by the way, this doesn't just apply for every person watching this, okay? This also applies for when you cause other people to pledge. Let me tell you a story that happened to me a few months ago. I was in a, I was in a Chabad shul in the middle of nowhere um, in Panama, like literally the middle of nowhere. You had to get a flight to get to a flight to get there. And we were the whole group of people and 20, there was like 20 or 30 people that had been to that Chabad house that morning. We all went on a trip together. And I know for a fact that every person that was with me, except for one guy out of the 30 people, was struggling financially. A lot of them didn't have two pennies to rub together. And I got up in front of everybody and I said, guys, we are going to raise money for the Chabad house right now. After we finish, after we finish davening, we finished praying. I said, guys, it's time to raise, it's time to raise money for, for the shul. We're the only ones that are here. One of the people that was in the crowd was grabbing my shirt for me to sit down because he was embarrassed because he knew the financial situation of every person there. I didn't stop. We raised the money. Um, <laughs> and it was, it, I had to pull it out. I had to like literally like take people's wallets and go like and take out the money with a crowbar. Um, but after he said to me, like, I don't understand. Why did you do that? You know that these people are struggling, like almost like, how dare you? How dare you do such a thing? And I said to him, now that he really, he knew even better than I did the financial situation of, of a lot of people in that room. I said, now that you tell me how bad their financial situation is, I wish I would have asked them for more because I know that ultimately this will do good for them. So I raise a lot of money for organizations. And when I do it, I'm pushing people much further than they would normally go. And not only do I not feel guilty about it, but I am so happy for them because I know what it's going to do for them. Secretly, you want, I'll give you my, I'm going to make a confession here. Okay. You want to hear my guilty, my guilty. This is my sin when it comes to, when it comes to um, giving tzedakah is, <laughs> although I care about the organization that I'm raising the money for, I'm more excited about the person that is giving the money because I know that they're going to give brachas from it. I care more about the brachas from the person that I'm raising money for than the actual organization itself. That, that makes me like more excited um, because I just, I see it. I see it every single day. So let's keep on going. All right. More questions. More questions. Here we go. Is there, okay, good question. Is this neder without a promise or with a promise? Um, you know what? It's a great question. Let me see how I've done it in the past. I think it's without a promise. But um, your, 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 your pledges have to come to a point. Again, your pledge is like an IOU, right? So you want Hashem to take your IOU seriously. However seriously you're going to take it is how, how seriously he's going to take it. Let me just see what, I, what I've done in the past. Um, one second, guys. Anyways, it doesn't matter what I it, it, don't ask me. I'm not a uh, I'm not a what's it called? I'm not a, I'm not a rabbi. I just play one on on Zoom. Um, but <laughs> ask a local Orthodox rabbi what to do. I think that in the past I say neder, but I want Hashem to trust me when I do things. So even though I say neder, you know my phone. I don't know if you guys if you guys have a Samsung. Whenever I write neder, my phone 
my phone auto corrects neder because it's not an English word as bli never. And it's really funny that Samsung, <laughs> I see Ortal is laughing. She sees, she, right? She gets the same thing. Bli never. You don't want this to be bli never. Okay. You want it to be a real, real donation. Okay. Let's go. Uh, Naama writes, do you have to write a check or could it be automatic with your account set up? It doesn't matter. Um, it could be automatic. It could be check. It could be visa. But my humble suggestion is, is that whatever it is, you should remove your evil inclination from the process. Because if I remember what I used to do, what I used to do with my rabbi was I would give it sporadically. So whenever I had, or whenever I this, or whenever he asked, I would fulfill that part of my pledge. Let's say I pledged $60,000. So I would pledge, I would give 5,000 here, 5,000 there when they were in a pinch. And what I noticed was, is that my livelihood my parnasa was sporadic because I guess I was giving sporadically. So one year I said, I said to, uh, to the Abishter, I said, look, I want consistency in my parnasa. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give consistency to the places that I donate to. So I started giving post-dated checks. So in the merit of my consistency that I'm giving to the rabbi, I would like consistency in my Parnassa. And what do you think happened? It worked. For me, Sadaka is so, it's so part of nature at this point. Like, does anybody doubt that if I take this and I, and I let go of it, it'll drop? Everyone's like, no, of course not. It's gravity. You know, it's built into the fabric of the universe. It's just, it's just gravity, Beryl. It just gravitate. Well, I got news for you. Sadaka is the same thing. It is literally built into the fabric of the universe. You give Sadaka, Hashem makes you rich. That's how it works. And if it do, and if he doesn't, then let's go party. Okay? Because if it's not true, then none of it's true. And if it's all true, it all has to be true. Let's go. Who's having fun? I'm having a ball. You guys are in a great crowd tonight. Woo! Yeah. Wow. This is really, this is really a good time here. If this is what a good time is, then we are lucky. Let's go. Malka. I'm not going to read Malka's message over there. Okay, where are we? Okay, Sterna Sarah. Here we go. Our abilities come from Hashem. So the Sadaka could help us commit to being successful at making our choices as well as breaking habits, as well as everything is from Hashem. Yes. Okay, so Malka, it, I mean, Sterna Sarah, it happens to be a good point. So let's just talk about, let's like remove the spookiness. Let's remove the spookiness from the whole thing, okay? Let's pretend it's not magic and it's not... Let's just talk about, like, brass tacks. Let's take God out of the picture for a second. I once saw this, uh, I once saw this black rapper in Miami. His name is Run DMC. And I came up to him and I said... And he became, like, this preacher in, like, his later part of his career. And I said to him, you know, Run, I really, Run DMC, I really appreciate that you, got, that you brought God into the picture. And he looks at me and says, what? What, boy? I didn't bring God into the picture. God brought me into the picture. And that's what I'm trying to say over here. God, obviously, obviously Hashem is the one that makes it happen. But let's take God out of the picture for one moment. Ladies and gentlemen, the bar that is set in society today is so low. 
is so low. I only have a few minutes left because my phone, my, my computer is about to die. So I better get to the punchline. But the bar in society is set so low that people are just trying to get by, right? They're just trying to do the bare minimum, trying to pay my rent, trying to put food on the table. And after that, it's like, I can't be bothered, you know, or I can't, or I'm not worth it, or I don't want to fight for it. I don't want to, I don't want to make something of myself. And people like try to take shortcuts. I once asked my rabbi here in Montreal, he has like the store. He, it's not, he has a store called the family store where they help families that can't afford food. They give it to them at a discount and he runs it. And he's, he was my rabbi at the time. So I asked him if I could go to the family store and I could get a discount, you know, instead of chicken being $7, chicken is like four, $4.25. Instead of a bottle of milk being, you know, five bucks, it's $2. I said, could I go there? He said to me, stand on your own two feet. Don't go that route. Don't be like that. Go and make something of yourself so that you could donate to the family store and make sure that you could help families that need what it is that they need. So the bar in society is so low. So imagine, again, we're, we're, we've taken God out of the picture. Hashem, please forgive me for taking you out of the picture for a second. I'm just trying to explain to your people. Imagine. <laughs> I'm having fun. I was really bored up until tonight. So I'm actually happy they were doing this. So imagine you now have to make, I have to figure out this year, guys. I have to, I pledged a quarter of a million dollars. I know there's some mathematicians watching here. So that means that I have to make a minimum of $1.25 million. Do you know how much drive that gives me? Do you know how much, as we say in Spanish, fuerza that that gives me? How much strength? How much drive? Because it's not just about me. When it's about me, okay, if I have my chicken, if I have my meat, if I have my challah, what do I need to, why do I need to strive? So the fact that you're going out of yourself, again, we've removed the spookiness out of the whole thing. The fact that you're going out of yourself actually will cause you to um, try to do more good things. Again, usually I speak to men on these conferences. I don't know exactly how this applies to wives that are, um, or, or, or single ladies that may not be working right now. I don't know everybody's situation. Like usually I talk to businessmen. So you do have to speak to your local Orthodox rabbi about this. However, all that being said is, even if you're not working, and even if you are in school, and even if you are a mom taking care of 17 children, Sadaka will work for you, okay? But it has to be within moderation. I don't suggest that you go and pledge a quarter million dollars if you're unemployed, but um, a few thousand bucks will not hurt. Let's go. Keep on more questions. Um, Levy, what do you do if you have large debts? How do you balance that large pledges? Look, I think it's a question for a Rav. I don't know who the debts are to. If, I, don't know, I, I, I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. You're going to have to ask a Rav. I know that there's a guy who, um, who I know that he owed money to, he, he, he owed me money and he wanted to pay me back. And I know his situation is very, 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 very difficult right now. And I told him, instead of giving me the money, you should give it to Sadaka because the return on investment you're going to have with the Sadaka is what it will enable you to pay me back the full amount that you owe me. Um, and he spoke to a rub and he wasn't able to do that. He wasn't, he had to pay me back first. Again, you have to speak to your rub about it, but I do know that I canceled his debt so that he could do that. 
and he gave it to Tzedakah. And what do you think happened? He's starting to pay me back. It's real. It works. Test Hashem. It's worth finding out now. Am I right, Sylvia? Am I right, Sylvia Pecker? A hundred percent. It's worth finding out now. If you imagine you find out right now that it works, you have the secret in your pocket for the rest of your life. And if it doesn't work, let's go party. All right, let's go. More questions. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yosef Ashtar If you commit to an amount, what happens if you learn about that organization that you don't feel comfortable giving to them? Yeah, if it is a bad, if you were previously giving to Russia and Russia invades Ukraine, stop your donations. Let's go. Chaya, um, here we go. Can you give a pledge on a credit card? Um, yes, you could give a pledge on a credit card. Let's go, Sterna, and where are we? Where are we? Okay, let's keep on going. My, my computer is about to die, so I have to, I have to hurry this up. Uh, please don't read my name. Okay, I won't. When someone asks you for a loan, is it the same as giving tzedakah that you can test Hashem? Because technically, when you give a loan, you're not relying to get it back. Again, I don't know. I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a rabbi. Speak to your rabbi. Um, okay, here we go. Definitely see the brachas in other areas, although not in the dollar amount. Huge miracles in my life. Thank you for pointing this out. So that was a person that didn't see blessings in their life. And I remember I said that um, you have to actually actively look for the blessings in your life. Um, so, but it should, it should, by the way, come in dollar amount or the equivalent of dollar amounts. So you might give a whole bunch of money to Staka and your in-laws end up, you know, your future in-laws end up buying you a house and uh, everything, everything works out well, but you still have zero money in your bank. Well, that's a bracha. That's a financial bracha. There's a guy in my shul that gave $6,000 one year when I was raising money. He was unemployed. He pledged $6,000. He fulfilled it. Within four months of him fulfilling it, he was married. Bang. The stuff is real. It is real. Let's go. Levy. Um, BH was able to increase my tzedakah, giving significantly, significantly every year since starting to keep track three years ago. Um, so Levy, are you seeing blessings? Please write in the comments. Wartel, is helping a friend considered tzedakah? Um, when we're talking about tzedakah, it's very important to mention this. I'm talking about dollars and cents. Cold, hard cash. Money, money, money. Don't get me wrong. Volunteer at the friendship circle. You know, it's very, it's nice. But when I say tzedakah, tzedakah, when Hashem says, test me with tzedakah, it may as well said, test me with cold, hard cash. Hashem also accepts Bitcoin. But um, no, we're talking, about, we're, we're talking about money here. Let's go. Okay. Is it right to say that the blessing is not necessarily in cash or more money in the bank, but saving on another things which you don't even realize, like health, bills, fines, or other expenses, which you get spared from? Okay, great question, Sarah. So Sarah's asking, does it actually have to be like cold, hard cash that you see the results with? And the answer is yes. You are testing God, right? So he has a responsibility to prove it 
to you. And it's hard to prove it by sparing you a parking ticket or sparing you, you know, a sickness, God forbid. He has to, you have to see it to believe it. Right? Got it? Let's keep on going. Um, Levy writes, also, what's the idea of giving it all up front? Is that for those who are borrowing against assets or going into debt? Again, you guys have to speak to your rabbi about this. In the video that I showed, I think it says, I think it says, that if you have the money or in the full video, that was only a two minute clip of the full video. Um, it says that if you have the money that you're pledging, you should give it. And if not, you should give it in monthly. I prefer to give it in monthly. I don't have the guts yet to write $100,000 checks. Hopefully in the future, God willing, that type of money will not be a problem for me. Today, it's very scary to write a $100,000 check. So I prefer to break it out over the course of 12 months. If you're asking me personally, Okay, Adam. Um, hang on. Oh my gosh, just 23 more messages. Uh, what if I give consistently, but sporadically to many different organizations? So good question, Adam. Everything that happens down here is a mirror for what goes on in Shemaim. So if you give sporadically, then Hashem is going to give you sporadically. If you give consistently, Hashem will give you consistently. That's, that's, that's been my personal experience. And it's important that you do the concept of a pledge. The pledge is what reaches into the future and brings the bracha towards you. Does that make sense? That like when my wife asked me when we were first married, how are you going to, is this miser? And I said, no, it's future miser. So what I did was I reached into my future miser, and by doing that, it brought all of the brachas that I was supposed to receive in the future, but it accelerated that all those brachas. I'll tell you what my real problem is right now, guys. My real problem is besides, you know, besides uh, besides Taka is my real problem is right now because I've been giving for so many years on on such a level, <laughs> in a certain sense, I don't even feel. I almost have come to expect the rocket fuel. You know, when I was young, we used to play, play these video games, Mario Kart. And when you would get like this boost, when you were driving your car, you would go like really fast. And as soon as you stopped with the boost, you would go so slow. And you realize that without the boost in the game, it's just not fun. So because I've been doing this for, for six years now, and I, or a little bit longer, seven or eight years even, I've had the boost for so long that I don't even realize any longer that I'm on a boost. So that's my personal struggle right now. That's why this year I said, okay, I don't want to go from, you know, a hundred thousand to 120,000, you know, like I went $20,000 every year. I want to go to a quarter million dollars because that's me testing Hashem on the level that I'm at now. And if it works, God willing, next year, I'm going to do a million bucks, believe nether, because it works. And it's fun. It's almost like gambling. You know, Jews don't get to gamble. It's, it's like a, a fun coat. It's a fun kosher way of gambling. Okay. A few more questions here. Um, I'm just curious. Da, 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 da. Okay. Sterna asks, I'm just curious. Your father has a really successful business. How do you attribute it to Tzedaka? My father has actually always been charitable. Um, he's not officially religious yet, but he is um he's always been charitable it's just something that he always had in him and I, I think i learned it from him 
And I think that the reason why he's successful today is because of the stuck that he gives. Um, RC, us single ladies are supporting ourselves. So I happen to have a soft spot in my heart for single ladies, whether it's somebody that's been divorced and has children. Um, I know how hard that struggle is. I, I, support, I support a lot of, or not support, but help a lot of women in that situation. I'm also sensitive towards women who are not married right now. And, and God willing that, you know, Hashem will bless them with a husband who is rich physically and spiritually. Um, so I happen to be sensitive to, to, to the plight of, of, of single women in this world. So, I mean, if, if somebody wants to take me up on it in the future, I would like to do like some sort of business class just geared towards um, women, um, particularly. Yes. You like it? Yeah. 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 We're going to rock the house. Oh my gosh. Woo. Woo, that's what we're going to rock. I mean, I don't usually talk about stuck. I mean, 95% of what I do is I talk about business. Um, okay, let's keep on going. I have 3% battery left, so let's try to crank out anything else. Okay, just fast. Um, oh, yeah, great, great point. Somebody wrote, wives can encourage their husbands to give and, and show pleasure and joy. And, and I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have bad news for everybody watching. Not bad news. It's just the reality. The Torah says that women in general, are a little stingier than men. <laughs> and I'll give, you the, I'll give you the pasuk that it says this. When Avraham had guests over, let me see if I could just plug in my laptop because I don't want to lose you. Imagine I leave on that and that's the last tone of the, of the event. I would never be invited again. It's, <laughs> it's, it says that, um, let me see if I could plug this in. One second, guys. Okay. okay, here we go. So it says, hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Sorry about that. Um, it says that when Abraham had his guests come over, he asked his wife, Sarah, to go prepare a flour for the guests. And he says fine flour, which is, more is, is very expensive. When Sarah came back, she came back with coarse flour. And Rashi says, we learn from this, that women are more stingy than men when it comes to guests. In other words, when it comes to giving, um, women are a little bit more stingy. I'm sorry to say. Um, but that all being said is, for the women that are married and the women that are not married yet and who will be married, you want to encourage your husband to give. I can't tell you how many women I see that they don't, not only do they not encourage their husband to give, but they're upset when their husband gives because they feel like in some way it's going to be taken away from them financially in some way, shape or form. But it couldn't be, it couldn't be any further from the truth. So yes, definitely. Um, I encourage you to encourage your current or future husbands. Don't encourage your previous husband, though, because we don't want him getting rich. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Let him become rich so he could pay child support and he could give you your kids whatever they need. Even him, even your ex husband, you should make sure that he gives Daka. Okay. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. More questions, more questions. All right. How do we get to the questions over here? Guys, if you have questions, please write them in the chat box. 
Here we go. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go very quickly here. Uh, I have no problem. Give this Zoom a few years. Yes, living Casita's business class, teaching women to start a business. Okay. Continuing my earlier thread. So I've seen the blessings in rent being paid, not by me. So based on what you are saying, do I need to increase the amount I'm pledging to seek in cash in my pocket? Oh my gosh, great question. Okay, so there's somebody that wrote here. There's been somebody that's been writing me private messages the entire time that they don't see the blessing, they don't see the blessing. And the more that I'm, the, the more that I'm talking, the more that and telling her to go in and to search for her blessings that she sees in her life, she just messaged me that her she actually sees the somebody's been paying her rent for her. Um, but still, the problem is, is that great, somebody's paying my rent, but when I walk down the street and I want to go get a pizza, I have no money in my pocket. Forget about pizza. I want to go get the best steak that I could buy. There's no money in the pocket left. So I'm going to refer back to my personal story. Last year, I gave 100000 to Stucca, and it was the first year that I ever had anything significant left over. So, and the reason why I had nothing significant left over in all the other years is because I was not giving enough stucca. When I started giving enough stucca, Hashem only has to give you five times what you give. So, and back to my friend who gives, gives $9,000 a year, Hashem only has to give him $45,000 a year. Again, the Rebbe says that Hashem only has to give you five, but you will see more. But officially, that is... Uh, you know, so yes, so the answer is increase, but you should not do this on your own. You should be speaking to somebody to work, work through this with you. Okay, Marissa, what about organizations? By the way, does anybody want to come and talk live with me? That would be so much fun. I'm talking oh, oh. Hana, how are you? Oh, was that Hana? Who else? Who's that? Ortel, yes. talk to me. Talk to me, yes. I'm bored. This is, I know, this is, this is fantastic. Great. I'm having so much fun. Tonight. Thank you. That's so nice. Thank yeah, you. I just, did you answer my question before? Is, is giving a friend like that, you know, that she's really like single and the whole thing, is that considered Sadaka too? Like, yeah. Not only is it considered Sadaka, but it's actually um, one of the highest levels of Sadaka. It says when it comes to, when it comes to Sadaka, that you should give your family first and then your friends and then your city, and then your country, and then other countries. In other words, you're supposed to give, it's a hot, you're supposed to give to people who are closer to you first. And only once the people who are not, who are close to you have received what it is that they need, then you could start giving other organizations and other people further away from you. All right. Does that, does yeah. that answer your question? Yeah, it makes sense too. Thank you. Great. Thank you. What else you guys got? Charity begins at home. Charity begins at home. Yes, 100%. But I don't, buying your kids shoes is not considered charity. <laughs> but you um, have a lot of Petochen and Emuna, you yourself. Petochen and Emuna. Okay, so yeah. So in the beginning, in the beginning years, I guess I had to have Petochen and Emuna. Yeah. And it comes to a point where like, again, back to, you know, dropping an item, nobody has, you don't have to have bitachin that when you drop something, it will fall. It's just, it's just part, that's just what the universe, that's, it's, we call it gravity. 
So for me, I'm at a point, thank you, Hashem, that giving tzedakah is, is as real to me as, as, um, as gravity. So I don't need to have bitachin and amuna at this point. It's really? sort of like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like giving tzedakah, I'm telling you, it's like cheating. It's, it's, but you it's, gave it directly to the people you know are really honest, but um, I went to a tzaddik, he said tzedakah always works, but, but if it's not working, it, maybe people are, you know, organizations are, are taking too much or something to that effect. It's possible. Look, look at the end of the day, that's, like I said, it's less about the organization that you're giving to. And it's more about, that's their problem. At the end of their life, they have to answer to Hashem. They, they're they're going to have to answer for what they did with the money, right? That's not, at the end of the day, you could do your best to vet the organization. You know, <laughs> it really, it really makes me laugh when people, when people come and they, and they ask for money and then people like debate whether that person needs the money or not. Let me tell you something. If somebody's coming to you asking for money, it means they need money. Nobody that has money is asking for money. So, and especially Purim is coming up, you know, Purim, one of the, one of the things about Purim is that when you're giving money, you should actually give indiscriminately without checking the background. I'm not saying be reckless, you know, you should obviously not just, you know, sign up to any organization that you, you know, that sends you a random, you know, email, you have to do your due diligence. And obviously living Hasidus is the only logical trustworthy place um to give um but yeah that's their problem not yours what about what um, um thank you for the shout out i wanted not. to ask a second. i wanted yes. to um yes go ahead um michael yeah so i wanted to ask maybe we'll do one this last one from marissa that you started reading i think a lot of people have that same question and then you... we'll do at living Hasidus. we have an amazing tradition and we take a selfie with our speaker. It's called a Zoom selfie. Have you ever done a Zoom selfie? Yes, yes, yes. I'm a little shy. You so have? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So maybe what we'll do is we'll do this last question. And then after that, we'll do um, a Zoom selfie. And then anybody wants to stay and ask you more questions can totally do so. Sure. I actually, um, I actually, um, yeah. Okay, fine. My bet. Okay. My, my, my curfew is at 10 o'clock. Um, Got it. I'll read read this question. um, I'll read this question. Um, What about about organizations you aren't connected to? We get calls all the time. I'm not sure how all these people get our number. Would you say no or give a small amount? It seems people just pass our number around and we give to any organization. They share with others who are also fundraising. Look, it's it's a great question because like there's all types of ways that people you know there's fraud and so i really just i just take it case by case and i don't mean fraud like like there's credit card fraud you know once your credit card number is circulating around it could be an issue i take it case by case i prefer you know at the beginning of the year i have an excel spreadsheet i have about 10 organizations that i give to that I know the people personally, that I know are credible personally, that I've either personally benefited from or friends and family or acquaintances have personally benefited from. So that's how I like to pledge. In terms of people that call me randomly, 
it depends how trustworthy trustworthy the person sounds on the phone. If it's like a cute yeshiva bacher, you know, who's like raising money for his school trip, and I could tell the person's honest, yes. If the person sounds shady, I just block their number. Okay, I'm getting begged to do this other one. Can you use your miser to fulfill your pledge? Okay, I'm so happy that they asked that. That defeats the whole purpose. Here's the problem with Meister. Here's the punchline. Thank you. Who asked the question? Because that was the punchline. Doesn't matter. The punchline of this evening, if you didn't get anything else from tonight, ladies and that one gentleman that is watching. Uh, <laughs> we have a few. We have a few. <laughs> we have a few? Okay, great. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't get anything from tonight, let it be this, Okay. Here's the problem with traditional Meister as we knew it. Let's say a person has a family and they're earning $100,000, which is a lot of money, okay? It's a big salary. And that person has four children. And let's assume it's not even in Crown Heights where the rent is crazy or in New York. Let's assume it's in a normal place like, who knows? Uh, what's a normal place? There's nowhere normal Baltimore, anymore. Maryland. I was going to say Baltimore. It's true. Baltimore is a normal place, but even Baltimore is not nowhere is normal anymore. But assuming they're what? Assuming it is normal, one hundred thousand dollars. After the person pays taxes on the hundred thousand dollars, now they're down to seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars. After the person pays rent, now you're down to forty thousand. After food, tuition, uh, a nanny once in a while, going out to dinner once a month, and yes. you know, health insurance and and life insurance and. Uh, a, a, a stickle vacation, going to the water, water slides, there's nothing left. Not only is there nothing left of the $100,000, by the way, the same is true with the 150. In general, I'm sorry to tell you guys this, but I have to. You didn't need to make a lot of money. It's very expensive to be a Jew. It's very expensive. Okay? You know, a person that's non-Jewish non on $100,000, they can live for a Jew you have to send all your kids to private school. It's expensive. Okay. So where was I? So, oh yeah. So the punchline, the punchline is like this after his hundred thousand dollars or her hundred thousand or their hundred thousand dollars, there's nothing left. Not, not only do they not have anything left, but they're probably 15, $20,000 in debt, credit card debt. So you're asking the person at the end of the year to make the calculation. Now you're going to tell the person once he's in debt, oh, by the way, you have to give seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars to charity for your miser. And the problem is the person doesn't have the money. And that's why people are suffering financially. So here comes this approach of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he says, he doesn't say this, this is how I interpret it. Instead of looking at Meiser, looking backwards, meaning what did I make and then make a calculation and give based on what I made, look at Meiser going forwards and however much I want to make, pledge, and that pledge becomes your Meiser. And I'll end on this. A lot of people think that they can't give because they don't have but the truth is people don't have because they don't give we should become wealthy 
spiritually. Amen. We should become wealthy physically. Whoever needs uh, whoever needs a shidduch should get married. Whoever Amen. needs their their second shidduch should get married. Amen. And uh, we should hear good news. We should ultimately hear good news. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Let's do the thank picture. You, thank you. Yes, let's do the picture. If everybody was feels comfortable, um, Rafa's gonna let us know when to smile. Mm -hmm.